This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that looks people in the eye when we shake their hands. And we don't headbutt them either. Uh, so, the uh, EPL is in its second week. And if you're a Liverpool or Man United fan, uh, you probably didn't have the best of weekends. And that's putting it lightly. Uh, let's start with Liverpool, shall we? The least of the two uh, disappointing results. Liverpool are still winless this season with a one-all draw with Crystal Palace at Anfield. Uh, the Reds started well enough, but it was Palace who took the lead thanks to Wilfried knowing me knowing you, Zaha. Uh, Liverpool equalised thanks to Luis Diaz, but not before Darwin Nunez was uh, red-carded for headbutting Joaquin Anderson. So he'll be out for three matches. Uh, something tells me he is one uh, shoulder sandwich away from forcing a move to Barcelona. <laughs> if you get it, you get it. Lah. Now, Liverpool are four points off uh, Manchester City and Arsenal. Uh, guys, to me, I think uh, Liverpool are still suffering from postseason fatigue. <laughs> That's the only excuse I can think of. Lah. But when you think about it, right, they had this ridiculously long campaign last season. Uh, pre-season preparation was short and... Um, the fatigue is still there. You, you, could, you could see it among the club veterans like Salah and all. They were still a bit out of form. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right, Faisal. Uh, they, do be a lit- they do look a little bit lethargic uh, since the Fulham game. Um, but I think, like, 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 like the Fulham game, they should have won this match. Um, if I, I personally think that if Darwin Nunez wasn't sent off, mm-hmm. I think Liverpool would have gotten the three points. But... Uh, well, Nunes pulled the Zidane. Well, half a Zidane. <laughs> it wasn't really a full head, but I, I uh, from what I seen. Um, but I, that's four points adrift from City and Arsenal. I don't think that's a great, great start for Liverpool. Um, as you know, last season they've lost just by a single point, right? To City, some like that <laughs> by a few points. Uh, so I hope that. The coming from a United fan, okay? <laughs> I hope that Liverpool do get their season on the way. Um, uh, losing Nunes for three matches, I don't think that will be great. But I still think that Liverpool do have enough firepower in the squad to, to help them go through. Yeah, and, and touching a little bit on that, that Nunes red card, it goes to show how he needs to learn to handle the pressure of going up mm-hmm. against a Premier League defence. You know, Especially when you go up against teams like uh, Palace and all that. Uh the defenders did their job, you know, denying him the space uh, that he needs to 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 use his trademark mm-hmm. pace and all that. But you could say that he fell for the oldest trick in the book, you know, where the defender harasses you, harangues you, pressures you, baits you mm-hmm. into into making a mistake, and that that's exactly what Nunes did. Uh, but the thing now is, other teams are going to see this and they're going to try the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, they they they, they they're going to try and 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 sort of like instigate him into making a mistake again. So I think that the sooner he learns to keep his temper in check, uh, the better for him and Liverpool. Hopefully he learns his lessons early. I think that's what Klopp said as well. Karam, you have... <laughs> you have more hope than me <laughs> as a Liverpool fan. Okay, you know me. I like to keep my expectations low. I just hope that this 
isn't similar to Klopp's final season at Dortmund. You know, they started off the season like really badly. They were flirting with relegation at one point and um, eventually they bounced back um, to finish. I think it was in mid-table or the upper half of the table. Uh, I just hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, it, it won't. I think Liverpool do have enough quality players, quality talent. Uh, to. I think they'll still be in the top four. The, that's the bare minimum for Liverpool this season. Uh, like, like Nate said, I think and Nunez need to grow up quickly. He needs to be matured more quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, needs to learn the ropes. I just hope that he doesn't get involved in these kind of situations because he is. He was brought to Anfield to be the next striker for for Liverpool, right? Mm-hmm. So the the weight of the the weight of the responsibilities is on his shoulder to to bring back to to bring the goals for Liverpool to bring Liverpool to the next level. Uh, I don't think they'll be in the rele- relegation battle this season, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, speaking of lessons learned, I hope Jurgen Klopp has learned his lesson and sign a bloody new midfielder before the transfer window closes. <laughs> like, it shows they really need it. Uh, okay, let's move on to the dreaded topic, shall we? Um, Manchester United, 4-0 lost to... <laughs> 4-0 lost to Brentford uh, to lie at the bottom of the table. Um, Eric Ten Hag uh, knew he had a tough task when he took the job, but do you think he expected to, he expected it to be this bad? Because I remember uh, one comedian's um, commentary about the game, right? and it was the best commentary ever. He said that United were great, they dominated the pitch, uh, and then the match started. <laughs> <laughs> You know it's bad when the when the best line comes from a comedian like that, right? Uh, look, I, I honestly don't think he knew it was going to be this bad. I mean, any manager who comes to United, who, who has come to United post-Ferguson, is going to have to expect a, a, a hard time, right? It, it's, not, it's not an easy job, but I don't think Ten Hag knew exactly how tough it was going to be. Uh, look, we thought, and he probably did too, that he was going to be the man to bring about all the necessary changes at Old Trafford. But from what we've seen in recent weeks, I don't think he's been given the free reign that he needs to make the changes, you know. It's, it's the same problem of the higher-ups promising the sun and the moon when they're mm. about to sign the manager. But then when it boils down to it, they don't give you the players you want. Mm. They continue to try and control your spending, your tactics, your selection. The same thing happened with uh, Rangnick, with Ole before that, even to an extent with, with uh, uh, Sabania Mourinho mm. before that. And it'll continue to be the case until changes are made at the mm. club, especially with the owners and the top officials. Uh, I, I know we can't blame the owners for all of United's problems, but they are a significant contributing factor because the buck stops with them, right? They, they have the final say over everything. Mm. So yeah, uh, until we get a situation where the manager really has control of the club, Maybe you, like how Ferguson used to have, you know, absolute like that, that iron fist over the club. I don't think we're going to see much change at United, unfortunately. Uh, I'm, I agree with Nick, but the thing that I was most disappointed with uh, during that match, after that match is to myself, because after being 4-0 down after 35 minutes, I don't know why. I still have that hope that, oh, I think United will win 5-4. <laughs> no, I kid you not. What were you smoking? I don't know. I really felt that, no, it's Brentford. I think we might just come back. I think Ronaldo will score a hat-trick. Sancho will chip in a goal. 
I really, really thought that United could come back and win it 5-4 until, until the match went over 60 minutes. And then I was like, no. why? Why, why, did I feel, why did I feel that way? Because it's been, what, close to a decade now since United mm-hmm. last won the league. Uh, close to a decade now since United played well. So maybe, I don't know, I'm just a loss of, at a loss of words right now. And I think that's the thing. I think the sooner we learn to accept the fact that United are not that big team mm, that they used yeah. to be, the less painful it's going to be <laughs> yeah. to watch United. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay, to me, right, United now are 90s Liverpool. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right? Uh, they need to accept that and build on from there. Because if you go in thinking you're the top dog and then you can sign anybody but struggle to do so, you're going to get disappointed. Yes, exactly. And during the early 2000s, the players that were that can't make it at United were the likes of Sebastian Veron, Clabison, World Cup winner, right? <laughs> <laughs> and look at United now. It's Fred, McTominay, not even... Not disrespecting them that much, but they are not even close to world class. Mm. I guess you'd love to have somebody like Cleberson on the current <laughs> team. Eh? <laughs> and Jemba Jemba. <laughs> okay, now the Premier League results. Uh, Man City had a 4 0 win over Bournemouth. Boo. <laughs> uh, Arsenal beat Leicester 4 2, so yay for Karam at least. <laughs> Chelsea and Tottenham had a two-all draw. The most interesting from the from the match was after the final whistle. Um, there was a bust-up between uh, Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the bust-up overshadowed uh, the action on the field. We, we, and I thought it was a very highly entertaining, dramatic game. You know, full of drama. Just how a London derby should be. Uh, and and results-wise, I think it was a fair result. That they, they mm-hmm. got a share of the points. But yeah, um, the, the two managers and their antics. Um, I, I think first it was uh, Antonio Conte who celebrated Spurs' first equaliser a bit too exuberantly. <laughs> and then Tuchel responded by doing a Mourinho-style celebration, you know, running <laughs> along the touchline and all that. And then Tempers finally fled. Uh, when they got into that that confrontation after the final whistle, and then you know picking up on your your intro, apparently it was because Tuchel was upset that Conte didn't look him in the eye when they were shaking hands with <laughs> a bunch of kids. Uh, but okay, look, here's my take, lah. I, I don't condone violence of any sort, but I I have to say I absolutely loved it. It was great to watch, right? It was two teams. And two managers who gave everything. You had passion, you had intensity, which sometimes can go missing yeah. in the Premier League for, for, yeah. for big games, you know, because so much is at stake, teams are afraid to lose and all that. But when two teams go all out like this, it makes for a fantastic spectacle. Yeah, and I think they got it from the, the both teams got it got their aggression from the managers, right? Because both the managers are very, very passionate, very, very anim- animatic. I guess mm-hmm. is that the right word? Um, it's great. Uh, Kane's stoppage time equalizer was great. It had everything, and I think Tuchel and Conte looked more tougher than who was that again? Joaquim Anderson. <laughs> so yeah, and both of them are what fifty years old now, so. Yeah, let's let's. I think I think we should let go of the of the theatrics in in, in football uh, from from the players. 
Other results, Aston Villa beat Everton 2-1. Southampton and Leeds had a 2-0 draw. Nottingham Forest beat West Ham 1-0. Brighton v Newcastle and Wolves v Fulham ended 0-0. Another story uh, that was out recently, the nominees for the Ballon d'Or are out. 30 players are in the shortlist, excluding last year's winner Lionel Messi. Uh, Premier League players accounted for half of the nominees, uh, including uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I guess, uh, if you look good while playing for United, you should be considered one of the best in the world. <laughs> but regardless of the uh, Premier League domination, um, I have a feeling it's going to be a two-way race between Robert Lewandowski and Karim Benzema. Maybe, okay, and we'll talk about this a bit more before the uh, actual result is out. Maybe uh, Benzema will just pip it. I agree. Uh, Benzema had a great, great season last season. Uh, they've won. He helped Real Madrid won the league uh, and the Champions League as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, and he was a very, very integral part of that team. Uh, after losing Cristiano Ronaldo, I think Benzema finally have his. I mean, I mean, has his the spotlights on him. Uh, it's his team now, I guess, with the help of his teammates, of course. But he was a very, very peripheral, very, very important piece of the team uh, scoring important goals lots of important important goals last season Um, not to downplay Lewandowski I think he did also well but I think Lewandowski lost his lost his chance when he lost it to Messi last year because I thought that was mm-hmm. his year, and the the year before that, when there weren't there weren't any winners mm-hmm. for the Ballon d'Or, so yeah. he got robbed twice, I yeah. guess. And he'll be robbed next year because now he's with Barca. <laughs> <laughs> so tough luck, Lewandowski. But if 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 I might say that a third player who could be in the in contention for for the award is, I think Kylian Mbappe. I I thought Mbappe had a great season as well mm-hmm. last year. It's just that unlucky that he his PSG got knocked out earlier in the in the Champions League. And I guess you can't you can't rule out Salah as well and and the influence that he had uh, at Liverpool. Arguably, one of the best players, one of the best strikers in the Premier League last season. Uh, but yeah, picking up on what you said, Karam, um, that that is essentially what the Ballon d'Or is. You know, picking the best players who have had the biggest impact and then the most influence on the on their teams. So going by that metric, I think. Yeah, Benzema has to be a favorite. Like, you know, essentially, if you take away his goals for Real, I don't think they would have done as well in mm-hmm. the Champions League or even in, in in La Liga. So he is definitely one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, that wraps it up for this edition of the Podball Sportscast. But before we go, I just want to say that we need to stay positive at all times, especially if you're a Liverpool or Manchester United fan. (laughs) Regardless of how bad things can get, just remember, it can only get better from now on. So stay positive, stay awesome. We love you. I am Faisal Merikan. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John.